She's sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. There in this area of the southern Chiapas state of Mexico has more than 5,000 migrants coming, but one thing is very different, and that is the call that we have open borders has gone global. There are migrants here at this shelter from Bangladesh, Nepal, India, Nigeria, Cameroon, many Cubans, many Haitians. Rules Committee is meeting even as we speak right now to consider a bill that would uh, actually be a single-payer, government-run, top-down, Soviet-style, command-and-control health care bill. They don't actually want to do their job. They don't want to fix health care. They don't want to fix immigration. They don't want to fix anything else. They just want to subpoena everybody that has you know, ever met Trump. And now, Stacey Washington. <laughs> we are live and direct to you back in the Stacey on the Right Show studio at Shea Washington. And I'm so glad to be back with you. We have a little, so it's not going to look like I'm looking directly at the camera, but that is because we're still working on getting everything set up in here. Um, We had a little bit of a change in the desk and all the different things that go along with the show. And we've had our internet yet again redone by Spectrum. Spectrum Business is our provider. And they have really had a tough time getting this thing up and running and making it work for us on a consistent basis. So we are so glad to be back with you today. I'm going to start off by saying, now the Lord is a spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the glory of the Lord are being transformed into his image with intensifying glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. My favorite cross-reference from that is Isaiah 61.1, the spirit of the Lord God is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release from darkness to the prisoners. So that's exciting. That means God has something for us to do. And when it says preach the gospel, obviously that, that refers to us sharing our faith with other people and telling them why we have a reason for the hope that lives within us. But also, um, it's the way we live. It's the way we walk. It's the way we move through this, this whole thing we're doing. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It can't be perfect. We're not perfect. But it definitely can be a representation of God, the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. That's who we are as his disciples. And we can do that. We are equipped to do it. We not only can do it, we, we, we're, we're mandated to do it. We have to do it. So uh, welcome to the program. We're actually going to have, right now, we're going to launch into this huge thing. It connects up to American Family Radio in so many different ways because we here at AFR and AFA have really been at the forefront of calling this thing out for almost two years. Since the beginning of this show, when Netflix decided to pick up this program and broadcast it, and the show is about a, a kid who has a whole lot of really difficult life circumstances and decides to kill herself, and the they show the actual suicide in detail, the method, everything, which is, it's like known. It's not a new thing to know that when you broadcast the means and method of people committing suicide, it spurs other people to do the same thing, to basically copycat it. And so we're seeing this huge spike into teen suicide. And then now the National Institute of Health has gotten involved, which again, Nobody wants to listen when the the smart people step up and say, American Family Association, Tim Wildman, everybody in leadership, Walker Wildman, Wesley Wildman, everybody has come out clearly and definitively reached out to Netflix directly and said, look, 
this isn't good for kids. And they didn't want to hear it. Now the National Institutes of Health has gotten involved. And I'm, I'm so glad to see it because this has to be stopped. But Christian, are you, do you still have Netflix running at your house? I'm not trying to judge you. I'm not trying to get you mad. Don't get mad at me. I'm asking you because this is one of those situations where you, you have to say to yourself, am I subsidizing a program that is telling kids to kill themselves? Well, if you're paying for Netflix, I'm sorry, but you are, you know, and, and we, almost everything that we can support and subsidize, you know, we can find something evil about it, but this is one clear cut case where leadership at Netflix could have easily rectified this by saying, we're going to suspend production of this until we can figure out a way to make the program not harmful to kids. But they didn't do that because they don't care. They're just all about making that money. And apparently it's a moneymaker for them. So uh, let's listen to number one. Troubling new numbers are out today, showing the number of teen suicides spiked in the month after Netflix released the drama 13 Reasons Why. The show follows a high school student whose friend dies by suicide after facing bullying and sexual assault. Researchers at the Nationwide Children's Hospital looked at monthly rates of suicides among people between 10 and 64 from December of 2013 to December 2017. They found that April 2017, the month after season one of that show premiered, had the highest suicide rate among ages 10 to 17, increasing nearly 29%. The study found there were about 195 more youth suicides than expected in the nine months following the show's premiere. Researchers say there was no significant change in suicide rates for those 18 and older during that time. So here's... Here's, here's what's key. Um, now we have this very important, uh, you know, it's a government-run study because I know part of what Netflix's problem is is they got, you know, Obama on their board. They have Susan Rice on their board. They're doing projects with Michelle and Barack Obama. And so they see an email or a letter from American Family Association, and they're going to be like, well, you know, that's, that's not a group. We're, you know, we're not down with that cause. They're on the right. They're Christians that, you know, they're always running around trying to be moral and all that. And we just want to have fun. We want to make content that's edgy and we want to push the envelope and they're not going to be on board with that. So why listen to what they have to say? But now the information is coming from the National Institutes of Health. That's hardly a right leaning organization. It's a government agency that was one of the things that Barack Obama had under his purview when he was president. Now, why am I mentioning him? Because he's, he and his wife are doing these huge projects with Netflix. They're being paid multiple tens of millions of dollars to put together documentaries to make people lean to the left. And so he's connected to this because if he wanted to, it would take what? A phone call or a text? You, you, let's not play like Barack Obama doesn't have Netflix leadership in his cell phone that he can just text them, right? You know, it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of cool when you, see, you scroll through your phone list and you see someone in there and you're like, I have that person's cell phone number. I can text them whenever I want. But you don't want to abuse it so they like block you. But you're like, I can text them anytime I want. So former president of the United States probably has everybody who's in leadership at Netflix on his cell phone that he can just text. Or he has a person. You know, he still has staff. He could just say to a staffer, can you text somebody over at Netflix and find out what this is about? They're connecting 13 reasons to this suicide epidemic, like a, a spike in teen suicides. Uh, I don't want. I don't want to be a part of you know, doing projects in an organization that's connected to that. But he probably doesn't care because he, he thought, you know, aborting babies after they're born was above his pay grade. So this might be above his pay grade too. But again, you know, this, this is the fruit of voting for him, having him as the president, and then having him now as post-presidential legacy builder Barack Obama. 
he's he's still not going to do anything that actually benefits people. His entire legacy is about enriching himself, bringing more power and accolades to himself, him and his wife, nothing about actually helping people. So they have some details on exactly what they saw in the study that they conducted because it's data that they've kind of put together and they're just they're just trying to say like we they see all the suicides they've seen other people in in the regular world out there um, who aren't affiliated with Christian organizations have also called out like people in the psychiatric community have said it's the graphic depiction of a suicide that seems to influence others especially those under the age of 18 to do this and so when those people are saying something about it, now all of a sudden it's a news story. Where was ABC, NBC, CBS last year when we were calling this out and it was American Family Association? Oh, yeah, that's right. They don't like us, so they're not going to cover anything. that we're, We could say something was on fire and it could actually be on fire and they'd say, well, we don't really care because you guys are saying it. So that, I mean, that's fine. That's cool. We don't, we don't need to be liked. We're not looking for them to love us. But what about the kids? They always say if it could just save one life, but we don't see that here. So here's the info bit of that. It's number two. We were very alarmed when the show was even coming out. It was yeah. so intentional about the time of year that it was, it was out. March, spring break, kids were on their own watching this. Yep. And so when you sensationalize suicide and when you portray it in such a simplistic way that, oh, I've got these problems, I'm going to kill myself. All right, these are alarming and this is something that sets off in kids not understanding what suicide really is. Also, showing what the method is mm. is extremely yeah. risky and if you're not going to give the right information, you know, through the whole series, and we did yeah. a talk session, they didn't talk about the illness of depression yeah. at all through the whole series. And so if they would have looked at all the risk factors that the, the character really was experiencing, it could have been used as an educational piece of entertainment, as we would say. And I know at the time you talked about um, the danger of kids binge watching mm -hmm. it with all of their free time on spring break, but the parents stepping in and saying, hey, can I watch with you or let's talk about this. Mm -hmm. What do we need to be talking to our kids about? We need to be talking about the seriousness of the adverse childhood experiences that this girl was yeah. experiencing. She, yep, she was being bullied. She was being harassed. There was a sexual assault. Um, a new move to a school, her parents' financial difficulties. There were so many risk factors. And if we can switch it around and use these type of pieces to educate rather than to let our kids watch these on their own. And we are seeing that kids are very vulnerable and their brains are not developed. We saw that increase in their age group and it didn't increase in 18 year olds so that's showing us that kids are very vulnerable and susceptible to impulsivity yeah um, the spike also was amongst boys so yep there was an increase in girls too but it was quite a spike in boys which is interesting because the character who commits suicide is a girl and so this this is one of those things I'm in this boat too, you guys. So so this is not me judging or or raining down prognostications from on high. I'm not on high. I'm right here on the ground with you, with teenagers, and I do not know everything that our 15 year old views. She has an iPad that is required for her to own by the the high school that she goes to. It's a Christian high school, but they have this one to one thing. They say it's not required to use, but every teacher puts stuff that is accessible online. So that she will say, I need, I need my iPad. So I take it away to try to get her to kind of come out of that. And then she needs it back because she has to do schoolwork. You see, so it, it's one of those things where we're all fighting this. We're all in this arena. 
And I think one of the things that she said that I kind of disagree with as a mom is she's saying, well, watch it with your kid. Well, sure. Okay. If that's the only thing you can do to ameliorate the situation, then yes, watch, watch it with your kid. But how about just saying we don't, we're not watching 13 reasons and here's why. And then you tell the kid, look, I know you want to watch it for entertainment value, but there are other things out there that are better for you to watch. This show glorifies and elevates suicide and it's dangerous for you to watch. And as your mom, I'm saying, no, you're not watching that. And then your child might say, well, you know, I really want to watch it. Why? Ask your child, why do they want to watch it? Have a conversation with them. Present some other options. The other good, easy thing to do is you just don't have Netflix available to them. We used to have a Netflix account and we had, I think, four authorized users on there and the kids had logins and so we could see what they were, each kid was watching. But in the end, when we let go of Netflix and they definitely were, they were vocally opposed to us letting it go, but we did it anyway. We explained why we were letting it go and we did it anyway. Now we do have a college student. She's 19 years old and she works. She actually earns all of her own spending money each year for college. So she could have a Netflix account. I don't know. But when I talk to her, what I, what I discuss with her is that I want her to remember the, the beliefs and morals that she was brought up with and to carefully guard herself as she would if, if I were guarding her, guard herself as I would so that she doesn't have these problems later on that she has to then come and say, you know, mom and dad, this is what I've been doing. And now, you know, I need, I need help. Obviously we're going to help. We're not going to deny her assistance, but the conversation with her is different because I can't control her environment and others in her environment may have Netflix because she's living in a dorm. So it's different for each kid. But the point is we have to be engaged on this because the culture wants these kids. They, and it doesn't want them for high and lofty things. It's like Hitler's youth where he wanted the kids so he could control their minds so they would be his automatons. And why did he want to connect with them as youth? Because he knew they were impressionable. The same way that this Netflix 13 Reasons is digging into the brains of these kids who their parents don't know what they're watching. The parents may not even know 13 Reasons exists. They're not plugged in. And the, and the enemy is in there and he's catching every one of them he can. He's here to kill, steal, and destroy. Those aren't euphemisms. It's actual murder, killing, having them kill themselves, stealing their innocence, their virginity, their, their brains, their brain power, their ability to think clearly, stealing the truth from them and destroying them to try to prevent them from ever meeting the Savior and making it through those gates. And it's our job as parents to stop him in the name of Jesus. We'll be back with more after this. Here's Walker Wildman for Redeem Clean Laundry Products. Not only do you get a great product and you get to obviously clean your clothes, get the stains out and use the multi-surface cleaner to clean your countertops and use the dryer sheets. You're doing all of this and the money's going to support the work of American Family Association. Redeem Clean Laundry Products were developed by AFA supporters Lynn Ingram and Jim Duncan to assist in funding the mission of the American Family Association. Redeem Clean products work as well as or better than other products on the market. They're environmentally safe, biodegradable, and they're made right here in the United States. The great thing about Redeem Clean is not only is the product great, but it goes to support a great cause, and that is the work of American Family Association. For clean laundry and a cleaner society, it's Redeem Clean. Visit redeemclean.afastore.net.
Hi, I'm Crawford Loritz with a Legacy Moment. Not long ago, a friend of mine told me that he had gotten this super-duper deal on the car he'd always wanted. He had been shopping for this car for months but couldn't swing the price or find the deal he wanted. To his amazement, he opened the newspaper one morning and saw an ad for 0% financing on the exact car he was looking for. The salesman told him he had come in on the last day of the offer. In other words, if he had waited another day, the deal would have been off. In life as in shopping for cars, sometimes we have limited windows of opportunity as Christians. Think of the scenario in Numbers chapter 14. God told the Israelites to do something, but they rebelled. They sent in the covert ops who came back with a mixed report. Caleb and Joshua, representing the minority, said, yes, God can do it, and this is our window of opportunity. But the majority prevailed. They chickened out, and God judged Israel. So they flip-flopped and decided to do it after they hear the pronouncement of God's judgment. Listen to these words, Numbers chapter 14, verses 42 through 45. Do not go up lest you be struck down before your enemies, for the Lord is not among you, for you will fall by the sword. Verse 45. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in the hill country came down and struck them and beat them down as far as Hormah. They had delayed their obedience to God, and when we delay our obedience to God, he says, no, you can't move out when you want to. You've got to go when I tell you to go. Well, here's what I want you to remember today. We need to guard against the sin of impatience. But when God says go, get moving. More information about the ministry of Crawford Loritz can be found online at livingalegacy.org. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Welcome back to the program. Thanks so much for being here today. You can find out more at StacyOnTheRight.com, UrbanFamilyTalk.com, especially information where the conference is there, the Marriage and Family Conference. And then you can go to AFR.net. We have fantastic content there. And you can also find products that you can buy that support the ministry. Uh, I want to say thanks one more time. I just can't stop geeking out about it. About last week's amazing and uh, kind of record-breaking fundraising that we were able to do by the glory of God at American Family Radio uh, for uh, Sherathon, 2.7 million. That is an amazing amount to help fund this ministry, and we appreciate you. If you are a part of that, if you've ever given to Sherathon, thank you. God bless you, and we are continually praying for you as the listeners and uh, just looking forward to more great things. Right now, it's my pleasure to welcome Amy Kramer. She's a co-chair of Women for Trump. Amy, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Stacy. Congrats so, on all that fundraising. Oh, I know. No, I, I don't deserve any congrats. I'm just, I'm so excited that we were able to do that. Uh, God was really good last week. We were just like, we were blown away. And we're still, I think we're still That's kind of great. blown away. <laughs> so, That's um, really good. There's a lot of news out there. And I know we're doing like, generally speaking, news of the day, according to Demetrius. But I, I got something that I'm kind of wondering where you stand on. And I want, I do want to get to the president because there's a lot of news surrounding him. Um, but before we get to what's going on with him suing the New York companies and all that, because the uh, attorney general is prosecuting him, basically doing a w- another witch hunt, um, I wanted to find out if you were aware of this 13 Reasons, this this Netflix TV series. I believe it's in its second season. 
And it starts off with this young girl who's got a lot of really terrible problems going on, financial difficulties, parents getting divorced, bullying at school. She kills herself. They show how she kills herself on the show. And now the National Institute of Health has actually connected a spike in teen suicide from the same month that this show began on Netflix. And people, they actually geared it towards teens by debuting it during spring break. So kids who were home alone, you know, their parents are working. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so they could watch it. And now you've got these kids killing themselves. And I don't understand why Netflix can't just say, you know, they make a lot of money. They're very successful now. This is not going to break them letting this show go. But they're still holding on. That is, I honestly had not heard about that, and I think that is awful. Um, They should let it go, and I'm surprised that I would think there would be an uprising of people across the country that would uh, demand that they they let it go and not air it anymore. Uh, If there's not, I mean, that's actually, instead of coming in and, you know, the hand of the big government, um, doing something that I, I mean, I'm not a proponent of big government, but the way to shut that down is by the people demanding and then, of course, not having the viewership for it. Um, so I would expect that the people would rise up and say, you need to pull it from the air. That's just, I, I have not heard of it, but there is so much going on that it's hard to keep track of everything. But oh, I yeah. think that that is disgraceful. And I can't, I mean, there's enough parents in this country to rise up and say no that we don't want this um we don't want this kind of uh programming aired so and amy i i'm with you like you can't keep up with every single news story and and it's not really our job to to monitor everything we just happen to be plugged into it because early on uh american family association which is our parent just they right. they saw it coming they were like this is not going to be good for kids and they were right. But no one wants to listen when it's a Christian organization coming in and saying, this is terrible for kids. They always think we're just trying to be prudes and we don't want anybody to have any fun. But now it's the National Institutes for Health. And I would even think maybe that I know the president has so much on his plate, but maybe this would even enter his radar. He has a young son um, who's in this age range that this actual TV series targets. It targets kids who are b- below the age of 18. That's their primary like demographic that they want to watch the show. Um, now that they've connected it up to, to increase rates of suicide, it, we all have to be basically, like you said, rising up to stop it. Absolutely. And, you know, he does have a lot on his plate. Just look at what's going on in Venezuela today. But you know who um, we should bring it to their attention is Melania. Melania is the one that I would think that if we could get it in front of her, and if it has not been already um, you know, brought to her attention, it should be brought to her attention and she should be aware, made aware of it because she is the one with her Be Best program. And I know that this is something that she would care about. Look, I mean, when we're talking about opioids and the opioid epidemic crisis that we have going on across our country and the number of lives that it is affecting and the young lives that it is affecting, I mean, if there is something else that is affecting young lives as well, we all should be aware and we should make sure that it is brought to their attention. Um, so I, I agree. Would think that Brilliant. He should be the one. And I can, I'm going to actually reach out to them and see if they're aware of it. Well, I've shared some links on my Facebook page and I've tweeted some things out. So you can click through the links. There's a one link that okay. goes to the NIH story and another. It's a news news bit where they actually did a news package and interviewed a psychologist who's talking about how dangerous this is because 
psychologists have long known that um, if children, especially under the age of 18, but adults are susceptible to this too. We see when one, one movie star, like when Kate Spade killed herself, two other really prominent chefs killed themselves. When, right. when people kill themselves, it spurs other people who are on the edge to do it too. But it's really bad right. with kids, especially the younger, like the under 18, they're, they're much more susceptible to, to doing this because someone else that looks like them or is in their age group has done it. So that's a brilliant idea. I, don't, I, I, I hope it, that you're able to reach them. You have so many great connections there um, to be able to, to get the first lady's eyes on this would be so phenomenal. We, we would be really grateful because we've been yelling yeah. for a couple years now. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I will definitely um, do that as soon as um, I get off here because it is something that they should be aware of. Absolutely. 100%. Anything to protect our children. Amen. Thank you, Amy. So, okay. Now you mentioned Venezuela. This is a story that's literally (laughs) burning through the news and the news people don't want to talk about it because it has to do with socialism and the collapse of an entire country. But I'm kind of glad that the, the true head of the government there is now going to depose this horrible dictator figurehead, you know, this, you know, Doughboy Maduro. I'm glad that they're actually going to do this now. Oh yeah. I mean, look, you ha- we've watched it today. I don't know if you have a TV monitor or a monitor where you can see what's going on there, but when you see these tanks, um, you know, driving through the streets, running over people, this is out of control, and this is socialism. I mean, you want socialism, here is socialism, and it's been headed this way for quite some time, and I'm glad that it is um, that we're seeing, I hate to see what's going on there, but as the president has said and the administration has said, we stand with the Venezuelan people. Um, and people need to know how bad things are there. And we need to talk about um, just how bad socialism is. It's amazing that the people who are advocating for socialism here, the Elizabeth Warrens and the Bernie Sanders of the world, they're the millionaires advocating for socialism for the rest of the people. Um, and so I'm glad that this, that it's being, this issue is being put forward and where we can talk about it, because we do need to educate. These young people that are advocating for socialism, Stacey, have mm-hmm. not been taught history in the schools the way that you and I were taught history in the schools. They don't know. Um, you know, They don't know the history, and they need to go back and learn it, and they need to be educated on this issue. So this is actually one of those times where I remember when I was in high school, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure you had this similar experience, Amy, when there was something breaking out in the news our uh, so the social studies teacher or the civics teacher, you know, one of the ones where whoever the the subject matter pertained to, they would actually kind of set aside the normal curriculum for that day. And they'd say, we're going to get back to this and we'll have to kind of crunch it down together because we're going to spend today to discuss this news story. And they would bring in like, right. so I, w- I went to Department of Defense school. So they bring in the Stars and Stripes newspaper and they'd point out the story and then they'd ask kids, what do you, what have you seen? And back then we all watched CNN because we were overseas. Um, and back then CNN right. was hard hitting news. They actually did like breaking news reports from around the world. It was it was so different yes. than it is now. So we would we sit there and discuss it. This is one of those situations where I would expect that in schools across the country, civics or whatever they're calling it now, teachers would say, look at what socialism has done to Venezuela. And even though socialism sounds fun. Uh, especially Bernie Sanders makes it sound like it just would totally fix everything. And now you've got AOC who presents the younger, hipper socialist right. message. Why? I just don't understand why teachers wouldn't say, you know, 
regardless of political party, and they may hate President Trump, but the truth is the truth. And Venezuelans are not starving because Maduro's a mean guy. They're starving because they adopted socialism. Right. But I think these teachers have bought into uh, many of the teachers. So, I mean, let's be, we can't put them all into one category because there are teachers that are conservative and understand capitalism and socialism and whatnot, and they don't buy into that party line um, of what many teachers do. But I think that, you know, they there's so many of them that are left and have bought into the party politics and everything to do with Donald Trump is bad and all they want, it doesn't matter what it takes. It's like Alyssa Milano saying mm. that she doesn't, it, all she's focused on is defeating Trump. It doesn't matter who it is, how they do it. They just want Trump out of office. And I, unfortunately, I think that there are teachers, many, many teachers across this country that are of the same mindset, that they see President Trump as bad. They want him out at any and all costs. And if that means, you know, not talking about what how bad socialism really is and that we head in that direction, they're willing to do it just to get this man out of here. That's how horrible how much they hate this man and how wrong it is. And um, I think that that honestly is where we are at this point in time. I, I, I mean, I don't think it's an excuse, but I think that that's the reality of what we're facing. Well, somebody, I didn't even look, I didn't even click through Amy to see who it was who was making this dumb statement, but somebody said that um, they would, even if a candidate shot their dog, if they were running against President Trump, they'd still vote for that person that's a kind of paranoia and like that's an illness that's not that's not normal no that's not normal and it's really sad because they see the reality is that donald trump has not done anything to them what they are so angry about and what they can't get past is it's really not about donald trump it's really about hillary clinton they can't get over hillary clinton loss And that's what they're really angry about, and that's what they're holding on to. Um, Yesterday, I drove from the NRA convention in Indianapolis back to Atlanta, and Sean Hannity had a um, an author that that is down the line, down the middle, pretty much, but leans to the left. Comes from the world of media, wrote this book, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he was talking about how his partner is so um, has Trump derangement syndrome so bad and has bought into this Russian collusion and whatnot, and how everybody in Washington, you know, knew that there was really nothing to it, but it was all they had to hold on to, and they've held on to this now for two years. And now that Mueller has said, you know, there's no Russian collusion, now they're holding on to, um, well, uh, Bill Barr is horrible, and, you know, he's, he's scammed everybody and this and that and the other, and they just can't let go of it. And so if people could just stop with the hate, take off their glasses of hate for a little bit and, and let go that Hillary lost, just let go and move on and realize you don't have to like President Trump, but what he's doing for America and for Americans are good things. I mean, his policies are affecting all of us, and he's putting more money in all of our pockets, and he wants America to be safe. He wants people in other parts of the world, Venezuela, to have the opportunity and freedom that we have as Americans. And so if people could just stop being blinded by their Trump arrangement syndrome and move past that, I think that America would be a lot better off and there wouldn't be so much hate in this country right now. So 
when you're talking about that and describing that, I, I have to say, Amy, I agree with you 100%, but I, I feel like we've moved into a new era where it really doesn't matter what the truth is. Look, people are so willing to allow their feelings, negative feelings, admittedly, for a, an individual, and in this case, it's President Trump, that they're actually fine with, like I, I saw the New York Attorney General is subpoenaing from private companies loan documents mm-hmm. for the president from before he was in office. Now, I thought you had to have probable cause to do stuff like that. Like, I thought you had to have, in other words, if that's possible in New York, how is it not possible that in the state of Missouri, someone that the current president or current governor, uh, Governor Parsons, someone that irked him, you know, 15 years ago, that he wouldn't have our sitting AG subpoena their records from a private company? I mean, if, if that's the way this thing works, Expect to see this entire society would just devolve into people getting their buddies to subpoena, but kind of like a mob right. environment, right? Well, back when Rico, before Rico and racketeering were illegal acts, the way that the mob used to treat people, if, you, if they didn't like you, they'd run you into the ground, but they wouldn't do it legally. They'd just find ways to skirt the law and, and use it against you. Right. No, I mean, what you bring up is it's very valid. It's a huge concern. Um, and I would even take it a step further that, I mean, with this whole collusion where you had the Obama administration weaponizing parts of the U.S. government. I mean, mm-hmm. we thought that during the Tea Party, then to have um, the FBI go in and surveil a, a candidate, a, a mm-hmm. presidential candidate's campaign. Um, this could be, I mean, that's like saying right now, you know, what presidential candidate, which Democratic candidate, should the Trump administration go in and spy on? I mean, yeah. that's not acceptable. It should outrage every single American. But that's where we are. You're right that that we are at this place in our history where, um, you know, I mean, they hate this man so much and they will do anything to get him out of office. And that means going after his family, his businesses, anything and everything that they can. And what's really sad is, I mean, Donald Trump is living in their heads rent free. That's really <laughs> and, what it comes down and, but to. still doing a good job, which I which I love. And I one other thing I also love is whenever you join us on the show, Amy, thank you for your time today. Amy Kramer, a co-chair of Women for Trump. You're awesome. Thank you, dear. Have a great day. All right. Talk to you again soon. We'll be back with more and your calls at 866 866- Uh, 963-2037, 866-963-2037. Stay right there. Can solid teamwork building principles apply to all of life? Here's Tony Dungy, author of The Soul of a Team, with today's Uncommon Moment. On a visit to Argentina, Blake Mykoski saw many children running around without shoes because their families couldn't afford them. His company, Tom's Shoes, was born from his idea of giving one pair of shoes to an impoverished child for every pair of shoes sold. The company has given away more than two million pairs of shoes and has also used its larger purpose, one-for-one business model, to expand into eyewear and apparel. Mykoski notes, conscious capitalism is about more than simply making money. It's about creating a successful business that also connects supporters to something that matters to them and that has great impact in the world. 
Tony Dungy, best-selling author of The Soul of a Team from Tyndale House. More at CoachDungy.com. Bishop E.W. Jackson. Every single one of us who's been saved was once on the other side. You know, the Bible says, and such were some of you. Before I got saved, I knew things were wrong, but I figured as long as I didn't get caught, what difference did it make? But the thing is, he changes you down on the inside anyway so that you don't want to do what's wrong. The Marriage, Family, and Life Conference is coming June 20th through 22nd. Learn more and register at urbanfamilytalk.com. Hi, I'm Larry Nix with Defining Moments. Join me every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. on Urban Family Talk. We talk to people of all ages, stages, phases, and places. From all walks of life, background, and cultures about serious matters, life-altering encounters, second chances, and even how to face life moving forward. Sometimes you hear us get emotional, sometimes you hear us laugh, but more importantly, you hear the truth, the truth that will set you free. All on Defining Moments every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. on Urban Family Talk. Securing America. Spying in the movies often involves code-named agents breaking into government buildings through the air vents. But what happens when a world power enlists the help of its legitimate world assets? Put plainly, China seems determined to steal its way up the economic ladder at our expense. FBI Director Christopher Wray tells the Council on Foreign Relations that China continues to steal secrets, predominantly from U.S. businesses, using a culture of espionage. China has pioneered a societal approach to stealing innovation in any way it can from a wide array of businesses, universities, and organizations. Blurring the lines between espionage and honest global interaction. Both lawful and unlawful. So weaving together things like foreign investment and corporate acquisitions together with cyber intrusions and supply chain threats. Eben Brown, Fox News. You can download episodes of Stacy of the Right from the podcast page on AFR.net or urbanfamilytalk.com. Now, back to the show on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. All of us at Boeing are deeply sorry for the loss of life in the Ethiopian Airlines Flight 302 and Lion Air Flight 610 accidents. We feel the immense gravity of these events and we recognize the devastation to the families and friends of the loved ones who have perished. There is nothing more important to us than the safety of the people who fly on our airplanes. Every day, 5.3 million people fly safely on Boeing airplanes. On average, more than 2,900 737 airplanes are in the air with nearly half a million passengers on board at any given time. And a 737 takes off around the world or lands roughly every 1.5 seconds. Through the work we are doing now in partnership with our customers and regulators to certify and implement the software update, the 737 MAX will be one of the safest airplanes ever to fly. We've been in constant contact with our customers and listening to their needs to ensure that the fleet is maintained appropriately and positioned for an efficient return to service once cleared for passenger flights. Our teams will take an entry into service approach with every plane returning to service, which includes deploying teams to all of our MAX operators and providing dedicated real-time operational support. We also will be providing enhanced training and supplemental education materials for our airline customers' pilots. 
Um, so that was the CEO of Boeing. And I, I was over on C-SPAN this morning and I saw that and I, I wanted to share it because it's a bit of an update on the Max Air uh, debacle that's been going on. And I thought it was appropriate to make sure that Americans know that he's apologized. And I feel like there may be lawsuits incoming from, uh, you know, fa- people who lost family members if, if they're able to find a connection uh, and, and kind of look at it that way. But I, I just wanted to make sure that people knew that he he apologized and he outlined what they're doing to to fix this. And it is hard to hear him talking about that and to know that, you know, the maybe there were things they could have done to prevent this, to, to prevent this, to have, you know, make sure that this didn't happen. But I, obviously, when he talks about the frequency of aircraft taking off and landing, and I, you know, I was in Tupelo last week and I had to take a couple of flights to get there and a couple of flights to get back. And the time I spent in the airport, um, I, I kind of, I was, when I listened to this clip, I was thinking back to when I was there and how it's, it's, it's crazy going into Dallas, uh, Fort Worth. You're actually in there. Um, you're in there in the airport or you're on the plane on the tarmac at, at DFW. You actually watch planes take off. Just you're waiting to cross one of the lanes to get to the actual building so you can deplane. And there'll be like four planes taking off in succession rapidly right after one after the other. So the fact that we have over a billion flights a year and we have maintained such a wonderful safety record is to be commended, but any loss of life is too much. And so, you know, it's heartbreaking that that the two planes went down. It's excellent that they've now figured out what's going on and they're, they're implementing new procedures to fix things. And I hope that this is the last we'll hear of, you know, the, the problem with the Boeing max, uh, you know, there it is. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for. So call lines are open, 866-963-2037, 866-963-2037. I'm looking forward to chatting with you today. Um, yeah, it's it's oh so fun to be back on all of the, the different spots on the radio and the live streams. Uh, let's go to Judy in Arkansas. Hey, thanks for calling the show, Judy. Hi, I'm not I'm not hearing you. Can you hear me? Hmm. We may not. Okay. Hold on just a second. We're going to, we're going to have her in just a minute. Call lines are still open. 866-963-2037. 866-963-2037 are the call lines where you can join the program. All right. Judy in Arkansas. Up, oh, we lost her. Okay. So it uh, might be phone lines, might be on her end, might be on our end, but call lines are still open. Um, so, there were a couple of different stories that I wanted to hit while we're, while, while we're chilling out here. Um, and this one is pretty interesting. And when I saw this, I was like, okay, so this is their strategy. So Democrats don't like it that the Republicans have used certain terms like freedom and opportunity to characterize what, what we're putting down, what, what the political right is putting down. And so it makes it seem like Democrats aren't for freedom. Now we know they're not, but the, the terminology has been effectively used to silence them on some issues that they want to be able to talk about. Um, and by talk, I mean lie. So um, they've got a group of Democratic operatives launching a $60 million political group. They have plans to reclaim value-laden terms like freedom and opportunity for their party heading into 2020. Now, why am I reporting on this to you? Because you have to know what they're planning so you can counter it. 
there is no way Democrats can advocate for taking away your employer-based health care and then call that freedom and opportunity, right? So you have to be prepared. When people say to you, because they will, once this, it's already up and running, once they get their messaging together and they start sending it out to all their channels, you'll begin to hear people that you know in your sphere, in your realm where you live and work and eat and breathe and all that good jazz, they're going to start saying, well, Democrats are for freedom and opportunity too. And you have to be ready to counter that with, oh, so can can the Chick-fil-A open up at our airport? Can uh, can my kids crack their Bible open at the lunch table at school? Um, is it okay if I have some scripture verses on a little placard in my cubicle at work? You know, if you're for freedom, surely you're for those things. Is it okay if we just say that... Um, you know, abortion should be limited to very rare circumstances because, you know, if you say outlaw, I'm into incrementalism. I say we get where we can get as fast as we can before we get to the place where it's completely criminalized and, and out of out of the question. But I like to ask that question because if, if you give them a little bit of rope, you would think they'd say, well, OK, you're willing to give on that. I'm willing to give to you. And it just shows how it's nothing about giving. It's totalitarianism. And that's only on one issue. Just take whatever your issue is, whatever your freedom issue is, and say to the person who tells you that Democrats are about opportunity and freedom and ask them if that applies to whatever you're concerned with, whatever you're going through. And I can guarantee you, they're, well, no, no, you shouldn't be able to say that a man who's a biological man can't play sports with girls. That's not freedom. And then you got them. Do it every single time. Never miss an opportunity and say it sweetly. Make sure and raise your eyebrows up into your hairline. You are genuinely asking a question. If they're about freedom and uh, opportunity, does freedom and opportunity from Democrats also apply to you fill in the blank and go for it? Uh, and please be sure to call in and tell us about your experiences because I want to hear how this cracks out. Um, Steve in North Carolina, thanks for calling the show today. Hey, Stacy, I love your show. Oh, thanks. Thanks for calling in. You're welcome. Um, I just, you know, you had your guest on there a few minutes ago. Mm -hmm. And these these people that try to figure out the Trump derangement syndrome, it, they're wasting their time. You cannot <laughs> figure it out. It's irrational. I agree it with it's been said that liberalism is a mental disorder. And that is exactly the truth. I mean, you can't. I have friends that are, are liberals, and you just cannot talk to them. I just, I just, whenever we start talking about politics, I just put up my hand and I say, we, we cannot discuss this because I feel the way I do, you feel the way you do, and, and uh, of course I'm right, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Of course. <laughs> but, but we do have the truth on our side. That, that's, that's what we need to fall back on. I just, you know, the point that you're making is a good one, and you have to kind of know when you can have the conversation. Um, I, when, when I, so, of course, Amy Kramer was was right, Steve. She was right that that these people they're irrational. But the point that you're making about how you some people you just can't talk to them. You kind of have to, you know, you have to feel it out. Your radar have to be up. If someone says we're about freedom and opportunity and they want to share, I would let them share, you know, a sentence or two, and then ask my question. And usually that's the way you shut them down. Not that I'm, I'm not about conversation, but I'm about a conversation that's honest. And if a person can explain to me how the Democrats are now going to, you know, backpedal on transgender rights, uh, you know, abortion up to and after birth, 
a lot of these issues that are really there, this is the, this is the shaking your fist at God type stuff that gets people burnt up or swallowed up in a hole or destroyed by an angel in a, in a flat half a second. And they're just advocating for us to vote for it. And I, I love to make them own that, um, either own it or backpedal, you know, one or the other. Thank you so much for calling today. Um, let's go to Judy in Arkansas is back. Hey, Judy. Hey. Hey. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say I knew someone who, a teenager who wanted to commit suicide, and she had been taking a medication. And I looked in the side effects, and it actually, well, first of all, it had a picture of a deformed baby's head on the, the front of the side effects sheet. It said, do not get pregnant if you're taking this medication. This is what can happen. And the teenager had to sign some kind of pledge saying that she wouldn't get pregnant. But anyway, it says also that it, besides birth defects, it says serious mental health problems can happen. And it said depression, psychosis, and then suicide. Mm. And under suicide, it said some patients taking this medication have had thoughts about hurting themselves or putting an end to their own lives. And then it said suicidal thoughts. Some people tried to end their own lives, and some people have ended their own lives. That was uh, among a lot of things that said on this side effect sheet. I couldn't. But why? It. Why do you take the medicine that makes you want to commit suicide if you're already suicidal? What? Well, I don't get what's going on well, here. Why? Is wasn't, she... wasn't, ah. But I would not have given my child this medicine. I would mm. have read that stuff, and I would have. <laughs> ran run the other way um but you that know that sounds like they, the medicine they, uh for acne uh those side effects sound like a, uh yeah it's uh, i forget what it's called but it's uh for cystic and acne the theme. yeah theme. yeah yeah the I, I know the side effects for that one so they often will tell yeah. parents whose teenagers have really bad acne that they can take it but then the parents have to basically you have to be on a vigil with your kid 24 hours a day and it changes their personality so it's not worth it Oh, Judy, thank you so much for calling the show. Um, so, again, this is a hard this is a hard road um, for us as parents when we look at all the things our kids are facing in our culture. Um, first of all, we have to own our part in allowing our culture to get to this place. But the depravity of humanity is it's unchanged. It's not any different than now than it has been in years past. The difference is we have so many other ways to actually accelerate the spread of the depravity. And that's that's something that we have to own. If we had to do this on our own, uh, you know, just just, you know, one parent or two parents and the kids and that's it. You're just you against the world. This would be completely undoable. It would be a hopeless situation. But we don't have to do this on our own. We have the power of the name of Jesus. We have prayer and we have the ability to join together as saints and corporately pray. And so uh, I'm actually going to use this as a segue to go into, I, I want you to consider if your kids have a group at their school, it's a group of moms, it's called Moms in Prayer. They usually meet once a week in one of the empty classrooms or, you know, one of the conference rooms for teachers or something. And they spend about an hour every day praying. And over the course of the year, they pray for every single student, every single faculty member. And, you know, most Moms in Prayer groups will also do like once a year, they'll give every teacher a little, you know, goodie bag of candy or sweets or gifts or home baked things. Um, they'll give the maintenance staff, you know, a basket with fresh fruit and candy and, and granola bars and stuff. Um, and that's extra stuff that you can do, but mainly the groups exist 
in schools across the country, public and private, Christian, parochial, you name it, uh, secular, independent schools, to pray over the students and the building for the safety, for the, for the kids to grow, for them to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. As taxpayers, you have every right to do that in those buildings, so don't let anyone tell you that you can't. And that is one way that we can fight back and really utilize the armor that's been given to us. God is, he, he's not left us here alone to fend for ourselves. He's here. He's in the mix. He wants to work in our lives and in our kids' lives and do miraculous, wonderful things that we would speak about and brag about him all the time. He's, he's, he's ready to do that for us. Um, but we have to pray about it and getting together and praying maximize that effort by praying together. Um, we have just a minute left. Nicole in Texas, do you have a quick comment? Yes, ma'am. I was just wondering why, uh, and I'm not disagreeing because I'm back and forth on this, but why we should blame 13 Reasons Why uh, for the suicide thing when there's so many other movies that, you know, show detailed events of how to do something or, so why is 13 Reasons Why one thing that, like, I feel like everybody's responsible for their own, you're right. Everyone is responsible for their own kids, but Netflix like targeted parents play a big part. Absolutely, but the Netflix targeted this to kids by releasing it right before spring break. They then, after releasing it right before spring break, they had the opportunity to create the movie in any way they want because it's their own production. Instead of listening to what psychologists have said over and over again to Hollywood about not putting graphic depictions of suicide in programming that's geared towards kids, really, you're not supposed to do it for anybody because it's highly replicatable, they did it anyway. Then when they were warned by family organizations like American Family Association, they pushed it and they kept it out there. And now there's a direct correlation between that release date, week, year, and month and a spike in teen suicide. So yes, parents are responsible. But if you're a mom and dad and you're working and your kid's at home on spring break and they're sitting up watching 13 Reasons and you don't know about it and they kill themselves, it's hardly a time to say you were responsible. So... Netflix is responsible here and they need to do something about it. They need to pull it, get it off the air and maybe be sued by some of these parents. God bless you from the heartland, everybody.